What's good, Rick. everybody? This your boy, Ravish Rudy. And I'm sitting here expanding on my new fatherhood segment. Today, I have here another close friend of mine. And if you also hear us on our sports cast, Sports Talk on Let's Find Out, this is my other co host. This is my man, Frank, aka Francis. And you know, I'm going to ask him about fatherhood. To help fathers just like I do with the mothers to connect each other because everybody needs help in this thing called life. And just like the mothers, fathers need love and need help too. So what's up, Frank? What's up, Rudy What's up? What's up? What's up? Ravishing Rudy. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. So how long have you been in the fatherhood game? Ooh. Um, I've been in the fatherhood game since 2012. Mm-hmm. I'm going on being a 10-year vet. My daughter will be 10 <laughs> September 24th, and then I went ahead and threw my hat in the ring again, had a son. Mm-hmm. He'll be two July 3rd. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm a father, too. Been doing it <laughs> since 2012. All right. And so how has that, this journey has been for you so far? Scary as hell. <laughs> I worry about everything with my kids, mm-hmm. and I know that I do what I'm supposed to do to take care of them. I know that their mothers do what they're supposed to do to take care of them. But there's a level of worry that you just can't shake Mm -hmm. because like it comes a time when you have to let go and trust your parenting and be like, all right, I know I taught them everything I was supposed to teach them and, or what I could at their age now. And you just got to trust them. But it's, it's tough trusting the outside world. You can trust, you know I mean, you know what you're doing in your house, but you don't know what's going on outside. So, yes, it's it's terrifying, but it's also very, very, very rewarding. Very rewarding. Wouldn't trade it. <laughs> so with that, like, rewarding, you know, situation you've had so far. So what has been, like, the one joy you have gotten so far, you know, parenting or fathering so far? Hmm. Oh, Joy. Like you had like that one day where you just like this dad thing is cool, this dad thing is just makes you so bubbly inside and whatnot, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that might ruffle some feathers, mm-hmm. might you know make people a little bit uncomfortable, but uh, being a dad is easy as fuck. <laughs> it's not hard at all. All you have to do is just be there. Mm-hmm. That's all you have to do is be there. Like they don't care. Kids <laughs> don't care about much. Their kids, their attention span is like so short. Uh-huh. But what they do remember is what you were there for. Like we were just talking about like core memories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like what I've noticed about myself and other fathers around my age that didn't grow up with dads, we're bending over backwards to be the greatest dad that we never got for our kids. Mm -hmm. So I can't speak on people that did have a father growing up, Mm -hmm. but I can speak for myself and my brothers and sister. And we didn't have a father growing up. It wasn't like we had like the worst of the worst of an upbringing, but it makes a difference. It definitely makes a difference. But, um, getting back to your point, uh, Mm -hmm. Well, my point I was making was, you know, like, what was your first um, 
pr- like proud dad moment? Yeah. Okay. My first proud dad moment was when my daughter, Morgan has it on video. She she had it on video on her old, her old iPad. Mm-hmm. My daughter decided that she was going to give us a sermon <laughs> at three years old. Decided she was going to give us a sermon and she preached <laughs> for about five minutes straight. Just we couldn't understand the words, but her and the inflection of her voice and the way she was sh- shaking her hand, we knew <laughs> she was preaching to us and she was serious about it. And it's just like it's amazing because you you never know what they're going to pick up on until they pick up on it, and then it's like wow. You got to like, just like that. <laughs> like with my son, he's, he takes his blocks. Mm-hmm. He'll build something up, show it to you. Clap for him. He's like, yes, thank you for recognition. This great thing that I just did. <laughs> like he's self-aware of himself at a very young age. And it's really impressive because like, you don't see average kids doing things like that. Like coming up, knocking on doors. Push the doors open, closing them. You know what I mean? And then, like, you literally watch him learn something and then apply it. And it's that that right there is a great, great dad moment. So just watching the intelligence of your son. But that's crazy. <laughs> you said your daughter was doing a sermon. Sermon. Barely murmured a word. Yes. <laughs> that, that is actually. Sermon. I'm telling you, I. <laughs> Somewhere in the cloud, there's video evidence. <laughs> Somewhere in the cloud. All right, so like you touched on, so you know you have both a girl and a boy. Mm-hmm. So you know, just asking this general question. So which one do you think was easier, or easier to like raise the mm-hmm. boy or the girl? Hmm. Right now, mm-hmm. I I can't really say if it's like a easier or harder thing. Mm-hmm. Because both kids have their different challenges. Mm-hmm. Like um, with my daughter, she has a little bit of a problem listening. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I have to repeat stuff and I have to like get her attention. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I have it, I have it. And she's doing exactly whatever I ask her to do. But um, with my son, he's a little bit more attitudinal. He'll, he likes to push back a little bit. So... <laughs> I would say um, my daughter is easier to deal with, but she's a daddy's girl. So, of course. But my son is also a daddy's boy. Mm-hmm. He just likes to do his things his own way. And he don't care what you got to say about it, how you feel about it. He want to do what he want to do, how he want to do it. They always say the second child don't care about shit, and it's true. <laughs> he has no fear. He has no boundaries mm-hmm. like Whatever he says in his marrying, hey, I'm going to go do this. He goes and does it. When he learned to walk, he learned to walk at nine months. He crawled for like maybe two months. Mm-hmm. And that was it. He was up and walking because he that's what he wanted to do. So he made a way for him to do it. He got himself up and took some steps, fell, and kept doing that. He would, he would crawl on like one leg. And the other one was he was trying to stand up with. And sure enough, after two months, he got it and started walking. <laughs> and once he started walking, he only walked for about a couple weeks, I say a month, and then he was running. He ain't stopped running yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to ask you this. So, what are you most looking forward to 
Hmm. What I'm what what I was most looking forward to with my daughter was like I told you, she gave a sermon, so mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And it's only about she's she's nine in the third grade. So about last year, going into this year, is when we could actually have real conversations. Mm-hmm. Like she would tell me about stuff that's going on her day. I would tell her stuff when we have a actual conversation. And it's amazing from going to where we were to going to where we at now. Mm-hmm. And I'm still looking forward to her getting into herself. She's very artsy. She likes to draw. Mm-hmm. She likes to paint. She likes to sing. She likes to dance. So like, I like to surround her with things of that nature. Because if that's what you have an interest in, that's what I want to nurture in you. You know what I mean? As far as my son, I'm excited for him to play sports if he wants to. Mm-hmm. If he wants to. That's one thing I want to make sure I don't do is push anything on my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push in education and the importance of education and being respectful and respecting others. But as far as what their interests are in life, I just want to have them know that they have the support from their dad in whatever they do. But um, as far as what I expect from them or what I'm excited about in the future, just them, just watch them grow up, become themselves learn things, go through things, hopefully handle it well. Uh, I'm going to be there through whatever. So as long as they know that, then I think they'll be okay. All right. Scared of anything? Yes. Like nervous? Yes. What is, what is like? The I have thing you're like, a daughter who yeah. could possibly get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and any, like, not, I'm not going to say she's just going to be out there. Like, I'm going to just let her be out there. But, like, I mean, well, no, let's I be real. Saying, let's like, be real. Like, women get pregnant. Per, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, females get pregnant. That's how reproduction works. Yeah. And please believe I'm going to be on my son as hard, if not harder, than I am on my daughter when it comes to these situations. Because this is not a game and it's not nothing to play with. Like, no. <laughs> Especially if you're not it's, ready. It's but. a forever thing. Like, and I don't want to scare them. Mm-hmm with that i just want them to be mindful of it but yes i'm nervous for her dealing with boys mm-hmm. i'm nervous for my son being a biracial young man mm-hmm. um just because i know how people are mm-hmm. teasing light skin jokes all yeah. of that <laughs> biracial parent jokes all of that yeah. so that kind of and him being a cancer he'll he's sensitive already so i have a fear that He'll get violent because of um, hereditary patterns with temperament. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I just want to make sure I get in front of that before it gets to the point where he think he might want to hurt somebody for saying something to him that he don't like or he don't know how to deal with it emotionally. So he acts out in anger. I just want to make sure I get ahead of that before that happens. But that's the fear that I have. And also, you know, in the world we live in today, for some reason, race is important. <laughs> I mean, it's been black people, white people, Indian people, you know what I mean? Mexican, Hispanic, uh, Spanish, all different types of people, Korean, Asian, all of it. Like, all of these people have been on the world 
and for some reason it's like we still judge other people by it and i I just don't understand it sure i don't get it 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 makes no sense to me i mean maybe people have had experiences with certain races and okay that's how you feel about it but you can't make a broad generalization of everybody by your one experience with one race that's just how i feel about it sure and yes there is history of we all know the history but Mm -hmm. it ain't everybody it's not it ain't everybody (laughs) all right just like if you're a black, you don't want people to just assume you're a felon or you do drugs or you do what stereotypical black people do. Mm-hmm. But you got to see it from the other way. Like, So if you don't want somebody to think that about you, why would you think somebody wants that thought about them? Yeah, because that's not fair. <laughs> that's not right. Now, you know, I had asked uh, a few people this. I can, I can ask you. So you know, I know you said like fathering is easy or it came easy because, you know, you just have to be there and show support. And that's all kids. And the now, 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 don't get it twisted. <laughs> Every day ain't a walk in the park. You're well, going to have. I'm just, now, I'm just letting people know. because I, I, I may have sounded a little arrogant in me being like, oh, no, nah, it's easy. Like, nah, you're going to have some tough ass, rough ass days. Well, like no, them first three months as, as the baby is growing into themselves and getting used to their outside the womb surroundings and feedings and diaper changes and all of that you're going to get about i'm going to say in a span of three months probably a week of sleep no i mean he did <laughs> test up on uh you know they really wanted to be there for the fact of like being there yeah you know like he touched on there's not a lot of people that know their dad mm-hmm. or have been there and, mm-hmm. you know they need that but what i was getting to was you know you know how you say like you picked up on it just because you're there right and was, was there ever anybody like parent style you ever picked up on? Parenting style. You know, like, I know you told me that, you know, you didn't really have your father growing up or anything. Yeah. You know, um, like, I, I joked with, uh, you know, with Morgan earlier. You know, I was like, yeah, if I ever do become a dad or do, you know, raise kids or whatever, I told her, I'm probably going to be like in the middle of between like Cosby-ness. In like Homer Simpsonness, and in that dead <laughs> center, probably gonna be like Birdie Man. Birdie Man. <laughs> like, I see it so you much. Do so. that. That actually, you. I'm glad that you said that because you do have to have a certain type of balance between jokester, mm-hmm. lovable guy that they can come talk to, and and the Bernie Mac, a disciplinarian. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there are certain times where all of those are required. There are certain times where you have to joke, you know what I mean? Because the situation might just be too tense. Yeah. There are situations where you're going to have to be serious. You're going to have to be disciplined because it's a serious situation. Yeah. And then there's situations where they're just going to need a hug and you're going to just need to love up on them. So you got to, you know, and, and as far as parenting styles, mm-hmm. I can't really say I picked up on any other than from my aunt. I got respect yourself and respect others. Mm-hmm. From my mom, I got, you know, treat people with the same respect that you would want to be treated with. You know what I mean? Make sure you first try to understand people before you judge them Mm. or it causes a confrontation. You know what I mean? Just like try to get their side of it. And from my grandfather, uh, something that he said that sticks out to me is that like uh he said that um 
nobody knows you're stupid until you open your mouth. Mm-hmm. Meaning what I took from that, which is, you know, choose your words cor- correctly. Like, think about what you're about to say before you say it. Because you, in your brain, you could mean it in a certain way. But then when you say it, it might come off a certain way. Not that, not not in the way that you meant for. So somebody could get offended and be like, hey, what you mean by that? You know, such, such, such. So it, when, when, when I think about that, him saying that, I just make sure I try to think about what I say before I say it. I try to think about what the impact my words could have on somebody, my tone of voice when I'm talking, you know what I mean? Um, and another thing that I learned from myself as a dad is that you cannot always be the fun dad. Mm. You cannot always be the jokester dad. You got to get serious mm-hmm. because your kids got to take you serious because if they think you always playing, they gonna always be playing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you, you got to some stuff you got to tighten up on. You just got to. All right. I'm going to end uh, our segment with this question. I always ask the parent, mother or father. So what is the one advice you think, you know, you have learned in your decade? What is the one advice you can think you think you can pass off to a future dad or young man growing up about to be a father? You know, what's one thing you have learned in 10 years? you think you can pass to somebody sacrifice Mm -hmm. you are going to have to sacrifice you're going to have to sacrifice time you're going to have to sacrifice relationships Mm -hmm. you're going to have to sacrifice things you think you want to do like i used to say this about women when i was younger but then the reason i'm realizing now the only reason why i said it is because you never saw the dad but the, what I used to say about women when I was younger is like, you know, once you have a kid, you got to change and you got to, you know, do this, that and the other. And it's like, you don't really have to. All you really have to do is make sure that you worrying about the child more than you worried about yourself. Mm-hmm. So let's say um, me, myself, if I'm going shopping and I see a shirt that I want for myself, I'm getting four shirts Mm -hmm. one's gonna be mine one from one child one for another child and one for my significant other Mm -hmm. that's just bottom line how it's got to go down like you cannot leave nobody out and you have to make sure everybody is included um but as far as what i would give as advice to a new father would just be to be patient Mm -hmm. have as much understanding as you could possibly have Mm -hmm. because it's going to be rough your the mother of your child or wife or girlfriend or fiance is going to be going through hella shit Mm -hmm. body changes hormonal changes postpartum all of that so what i would suggest is you try to be there and just be whatever she needs you to be whenever she needs you to be that that's all i can give you like you if she needs you to be a masseuse a doctor or a hairdresser you got to be all of that she just gave you your child bro she just gave you your child like what you gonna do not do it <laughs> you just gonna not take care of your family you know what i mean now it is some that do that but like if you ask me if you're gonna come to me and ask me for advice this is what i'm gonna tell you you got to make sure the baby mom is taken care of and the baby is taken care of my uncle gave me that advice he said 
as long as you take care of the baby mama and the baby or mother, I should say, mm-hmm. and the baby, they will love and respect you forever, whether y'all be together or not. And I have to say in both instances, it I won't say that the love, but the respect is definitely there from both of my children's mothers. And if I would give more advice, I would go on to say that if you do that, it will make your fatherhood very easy. And that's in the kind of the inverse. So, you know, you go to a father that's been, you know, doing this a little bit longer than you or whatever. What's one thing that you want to ask? Okay. So what I would ask a vet in the daddy games, which I call it, or a father fraternity, whichever one you want to call it. Word. <laughs> I would, uh, like, I get, like, first of all, me, I do get excited when I see people have kids like i get super excited because i think about the joy that i had when i seen my kids being born Mm -hmm. and um what advice i would ask from an older guy is how exactly do you manage it all because i feel like i do an okay job but i feel like there's also more i could be doing Mm -hmm. so what i would want to ask is like how do you manage it all how do you manage household your relationship with your wife or girlfriend, your relationship with your kids, your job, everything that you have going on. Like, how do you break it all down to focus on what you need to be focused on at that certain time? Because myself, I can, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I get sidetracked. I get distracted. Mm-hmm. Just today or well, yesterday, I started making juice. <laughs> then I was trying to give the baby a bath. Forgot about the juice. It turned into straight water. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, so for me, if I'm doing a bunch of stuff, like something is going to get missed, but it's not going to be my child. So it's just like I need I would ask for help in managing time. Just balance. Yeah. Balance yeah. and ma- balancing and managing time to get make sure I've taken care of everything and making sure everybody feels like they're being taken care of. Word, word. All right, everybody. So that concludes our fatherhood segment. And also you can catch me. And the wonderful dad that y'all heard today, Frank, on our Sports Talk podcast. Uh, it will be uploaded probably after our fatherhood segment. You can catch our hijinks on there as well. And also with the lovely Morgan. But until then, it's your boy, of Abs and Rudy. And I'll talk to y'all later. Peace. Look good, everybody. This is your boy, the Rabs and Rudy. And of course, in another installment of DNI. To the left of me, I have the Diamond Dez. What's good? Now, you know, most of the times, you know, me and Dez come on here to banter, bicker, have the conversations we had before we had a podcast. So these are conversations and discussions we have had for about the past 15 to 16 years of our friendship. This one is kind of a a newer yet same field we have been on is on our debates is sports. Me and Dez do not like the same teams. Me and Dez has beefed for years <laughs> over favorite players, beef, video games. You name it, we have done it, and we have argued over it. Today's uh, item in question, basketball, NBA. Now, me knowing Dez for these past about almost 20 years, I already know his favorite player is but Dez tell the people at least your favorite player of all time 
and had to get to be that way. So, of course, you already know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite player of all time is your favorite player of all time, worst enemy. Like, I ain't going to say worst enemy. Let me no, not say that. Best but competition. Best competition. Or hardest to guard. Yeah. He he stated that. So, yeah. if you don't know who we're talking about, you don't know who Rudy's favorite player is. Yeah. Mine's is Tracy McGrady of all time. And that's outside of, you know, Jordan and our favorite player, if you ask me, is Tracy McGrady. And how did uh how did that get to be that way? Because like I I kind of was like on the kind of how you felt uh or whatever about what we talked about earlier or whatever. Mm-hmm. But everybody at the time, which I'm a big fan of, but everybody for the most part was a Kobe fan. Mm-hmm. I just I like Kobe. I respect him, mm-hmm. you know. He's in my top ten, mm-hmm. but I mean, I just went on. I went somewhere else. <laughs> came up with Tracy McGrady because Tracy McGrady was a dog. He was. Tracy McGrady was a dog. I would never take them from Tracy. Okay. I will always have always told you throughout the years. I respect Tracy. I love Tracy. I actually had the Tracy shoes, the the T Mac. Uh, I want to say it was twos. They was the. Black, the, no, I had the black and blue pair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the, like the three swooshes on the side. I love that fucking shoe. That was like, it's hard to find them shoes, man. Yeah, you trust me. I look. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, bet, I bet so. Now, now, as for me, you know, I state this all the time. I even did an episode on the two year anniversary of him dying. <laughs> but my favorite player of all time, bar none, Kobe Bryant. Now, there's a side story to this, but firstly, um, I am old enough to remember when my Lakers didn't have a Kobe, we didn't have a Shaq, we was in the middle of the pack. I remember that being four and five. Now, I'm going to say this. My first favorite player of all time mm-hmm. was Nick the Quick Van Exel. He was left-handed. I'm left-handed. He's short. I knew I wasn't going to be that tall. <laughs> so, I just fell in love. That was like my first Laker I ever loved. And it was like, he could do it all. Like, dead ass. Like, I remember my first Laker game I watched. I watched it with my uncle. He was a Laker fan since the Magic Johnson days. Mm-hmm. And, like, the first game I'm watching with him, I'm like, I'm looking at this dude, number nine, he had the three lines cut in his eyebrow. I was like, oh, that's cool. Because you know it's not, you know, the, the name for so much percentage of the world is left-handed. Okay. So it was like seeing a left-handed person do certain things, and I'm just like, oh, that's cool. So who knows? That was the first player I ever loved. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> to say that was my first ever favorite player. Then as time like went on, like two years later, we signed or drafted, traded for Kobe. Now all my friends that I'm around, family members, everybody likes Mike. Everybody want to be like Mike, including your favorite player. You right, but <laughs> it, well, at that time it was like my favorite player or my new favorite player. I looked mm-hmm. at him on. I I would never forget this. People think I like bullshit them around or whatever. I remember that draft day. 
I remember because he got drafted to the Hornets, and I was like, oh, we drafted a Michael Jordan because I, I watched Kobe. Like, I'm old enough to remember, like, watching ESPN and seeing this little ball-headed boy flying around and dunking and sticking his tongue out like Mike. So, you know, my uncle had Michael Jordan to cheer and against or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then so I was like, oh, there's another Mike. I should like this guy. He acts like Mike. This is the new Mike. And then when he got traded to the Lakers, I was like, oh, we have our own Michael Jordan on the Lakers. And that's how I always pictured it. And then it was just like just 20 years later, like man, it was true. He was like his own Michael Jordan, like the fade away, the tongue out, all the iconic games. He was our generation of Mike. So True, that's why I always like sided with that because I was like, y'all can have Vince and all y'all older kids can have Mike and you know whatever. I got Kobe, and it was like, yeah. I mean, and that's why I get so mad because, like I said, like when I personally got into watching actual sports and stuff, like you know. I went, I, I I went to Tracy McGrady. That, mm-hmm. that was my favorite player at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've always respected Kobe. Kobe has been one of my favorites, you mm-hmm. know. And I just like that's why I don't I don't like the whole goat talk between Michael and and LeBron because I mean, granted, I gotta give LeBron a flower. Like fuck that. he does what he does. I'm good before. No, because ain't nobody. I'm sorry. No, no, I had to cut you off. It pains my soul. I already like, you're going to say what I'm going to say. Yeah, I am. But it pains my soul. And it's not, it's two people who I've seen who commented on this and they made a true statement. It's Allen Iverson and Jamal Crawford. They was like, how do you keep skipping Kobe? Shaq said it too. Yeah. Shaq said it too. And, but, and but it's true. Like, that's what I'm saying. You keep skipping. That's why I said I hate that talk because how can you skip Kobe? And at the time when it really blew up the whole conversation, Kobe still had more rings than LeBron. You know and still does currently. In but, facts, but you know, and it's like how do you skip over Kobe if this man was a replica of, 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 of what we consider the greatest? Yeah. And I got a guy that works with me, and he says that's the reason why he don't respect Kobe and he don't like Kobe is because. He what he claimed that he wasn't his own man, and I always tell him, I'm like, bruh, everybody talks about being like somebody or whatever. And not only are you talking about you want to be like Mike, but I'm like, think about how hard it is for you to go out there and do things like him. And this man Kobe has done it. And done it. Or done it to as equal or a tad bit better. So like you are about a tad bit better. I mean, the only thing I would say Kobe did not do as equal. Was the shoe line, and even then, at the end, Kobe shoes did get better. Exhibit. Now I will. I'm just. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, I get what you. They the same build, same size. Is not the only thing. Mike, he got the extra ring. Yeah, he got the extra. But he molded Kobe, so you can't. I'm I'm not saying he didn't mold even on the court. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying like the mannerisms. The the fadeaway, the biting of the jersey, the tongue out, the shaving his head ball. I'm not saying that what Kobe did was not Michael Jordan esque. Yes, he carbon copied everything Michael done, <laughs> but 
But there are certain certain things that Kobe done, Mike did not do. Okay. Like Mike didn't drop 81. He did. Mike didn't drop 63 and three quarters. Like, you know, there's certain things now. Mike did drop 69. Yes. But Kobe dropped 63 and three quarters and outscored a whole fucking basketball team. Like, there are certain things. That, I mean, but when you. I'm just saying, like. We, throw we can, it up there. Yeah. Now, when you throw it up there, yes, we can agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, there's certain things Jordan got, Kobe don't. There's certain things Kobe done, Jordan didn't do. But I will always put them one and two because there's certain things LeBron has still not done. And he's about to retire, give or take probably three years, that he has not gotten that Kobe and Jordan has gotten. And further and foremost, I hate that people overrank Jordan over these two people. And it pisses me off because I know Jordan or LeBron. You mean LeBron? No, I mean Jordan. Like, there is two people in the sports realm Mm -hmm. that over my years of, like, always reading books and watching sports games Mm -hmm. and it's two people that it angers me how they skip over. Okay. It's Bill Russell mm-hmm. and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. Now, people, yes, they can tolerate and say Bill only had 10 teams when he was playing in the league. Which is true. Which is true. But the fact that he got 12 rings, we cannot deny 12. He cannot, you cannot deny that. Rings is rings, but rings is I rings, mean, but you still got a Windows ring. Yeah. Like it, well, it, it, I mean. Now, it, now we go by accolades. Yes, Bill don't have all the accolades, but Kareem, Kareem has the accolades, mm-hmm. the rings, the recognition. Like when I say go, like one dude at work when I was working at the hospital mm-hmm. thought I was like crazy when I said I think the greatest player of all time was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. If you look up this man's like just his statistics alone, like. Until LeBron does it next year, he's the most all-time points scorer in the NBA. Okay. Six rings. He has, if I'm not mistaken, five season MVPs. Mm-hmm. Like he has three in the finals. He has three college championships. Mm-hmm. He won. He was playing <laughs> – Varsity basketball in high school as a freshman. He has like consecutive championships in that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he got the uh, accolades, bro. But I'm just saying, like, there's certain things like when it's goat talk. There's a goat that no one's talking about. Now, maybe like he wasn't as publicized or out there as LeBron, but we can't say that because he was a civil rights activist. So he was out there, like. You know, he went through everything. Like, mm-hmm. so there's that's like one person of a goat conversation we can't not not ignore. He has just as many rings as Mike, more points as Mike. LeBron probably will pass him in points. I don't think he's gonna pass him in rings because LeBron fucked up the Lakers. That's another story for another day. <laughs> but that's just my you know two you know, cents and, in it. You know, uh, just in case y'all don't know, neither me nor Rudy or. LeBron fans, nope. You know, and Fuck now, now I respect. Nope, the man. Yes, you. No, no. That's, listen, you. <laughs> listen, listen. that's why I said I. Okay, okay. I respect the man outside of basketball because he does a lot. You know, and he, he's a positive. He he's positivity in itself outside of basketball. Now he's positive on the court somewhat. 
but you know that's 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 another story so let's uh so we don't have to keep talking about this but let's just get into this uh starting five yeah everybody so uh as a part of our yearly years debates me and the diamond days here have not made a starting five we also got a starting five coming off the bench for that starting five now you know i am the show host so i will go first and i will also like to add in a future episode me and Dez will do our top 10 favorite basketball players of all time. You heard two for me, which was Nick and Kobe. You heard his, which was Mike and Tracy. The other eight we'll give you in a future episode. <clears throat> now, people think I'm crazy. I have to c- contest it. This has been my starting five for the past 10 years, and it's going to stay this way. So this is my starting five. At point guard. Mm-hmm. I have Magic Johnson. Okay, okay. At two, I have Kobe Bryant. I understand. I figured you were going that way. At small forward, I got Larry Bird. Because you can't have Magic without Larry. Those two go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. At power forward, I'm going to slide him to his original spot. I'm going to go with Akeem, the Dream, Olajuwon. And at center... I got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So that's my top five. Kareem at center. Hakeem Olajuwon at power. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird at small forward. Mm-hmm. Kobe at two guard. Magic at point. Okay. So then, I like to have the same people coming off the bench of equal or lesser value. So at the point guard, I got Anthony Penny Hardaway coming off the bench. Whew. That's my dog right there. At the two guard, I have Michael Jordan. Okay. At the small forward, I got Kevin Durant. Okay. At the power forward, I got Charles Barkley. Respect. And my center coming off the bench is Shaq. I feel like I have not only the, the most balanced team, I feel like my team is real rounded, and I have the equal people coming off the bench, so I have nothing I'm missing. And I can interchange, and some of these people can play multiple positions. Okay. okay. So, for the so, Diamond Dez, what is your top five and your five coming they, off the bench? They, you're going to hear a little similarity okay. in there, uh, you know, because, uh, yeah, <laughs> you go going some similarities. Well, I know but, I know uh, two exactly what I'm gonna hear. Okay. They might be interchanged, but I know two off the bat. But so okay. so for my starting five, mm-hmm. you know, I need a facilitator. You know, somebody that's gonna be a true point guard and is gonna go out there and pass the rock. Okay. Know? So of course I've got to go with magic, bro. Okay. I definitely gotta go with magic. And then I mean, Look at his size, bro. Like, how tall he was and playing the point ball. See, this is why I had to get Anthony. Because I was like, if he come off, I don't want a shorter person taking his place. And I need that same equal size. And you, know, <laughs> you know what's crazy? Like, outside of T-Mac, mm-hmm. like, Penny is one of my favorite players of all time. The original number one for the Magic. And that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, just imagine... Like, and I know I'm getting off subject, and you know, oh no, because a team of just if Anthony would have stayed healthy, a team of Anthony and Tracy, 
and, with and, Grant Hill, was, was and, and not forget Shaq now. Yeah, Shaq would have stayed Ooh. with that that lineup. That that was oh my god. Yeah, because Tracy That's starting four right there. Yeah, because Tracy got there in like one so that would have been like that would have been a very martial oh team. My god, bro. yeah, the Magic would have been great for years. Oh my, but to be fair, like honestly, like if they would have stayed, I just don't see them trading Tracy McGrady to the Magic. I don't even think the commissioner would have let that happen. No, I mean you think uh, about it. Well, no, he he got signed as a free agent. Who Tracy? Yeah. So well, no, so the Raptors signed. No, I mean the Raptors let him go. They didn't well, give he him requested to be traded. Yeah, but uh, they let him walk after that because you know he was there before Vince, and then they treated Vince like he was a better commodity, mm-hmm. which low key at the time, at the time. He just had more publicity. Well, no, because out of college, bro. That, that's the reason. Well, he, he went. To, he, he just went to college. That's it. Tracy McGrady came straight out. Of yeah, high if Tracy would have went to college like Vince, both yeah. of them would have been seasoned. That's that's the only thing that happened. He he regrets that. He he said he regrets not going, uh, staying with the Raptors. But let me get back on on on, we'll, on top. We'll, we'll save yeah. the Tracy for yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, so you got Magic. So Magic start. Mm-hmm. I mean, after that. It's only a few people you can interchange this position, greatest of all time, but mm-hmm. he is the great. So I got to go with Michael Jordan. You know? I mean, agree to disagree, uh, but yeah, you whatever know. helps you sleep at night. I mean, but Kobe, but nah, Jordan is the greatest, dog. But we had to be he had the, he, he got the first Kobe ink at the ankle. I'm saying <laughs> that two foe on the, the two at the Achilles when Kobe tore his Achilles. Yes, hey, the biggest I, Kobe fan. I, <laughs> oh, I already know, and I know some Kobe fans. But you know, you first one to come to mind when it comes to no, Kobe. No, 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 no. Uh, Kobe fans got a Kobe Achilles tattoo. Yeah, you right. About yeah, that. I think I'm top tier. Yeah, you right about that. Okay, so of course so, my my three. Okay. So I'm going to roughly assume Tracy's at You the already spot. know, baby. Okay. You know, because let, let me just say, too, mm-hmm. I could have easily put my favorite player right now, which he's been my favorite player since he started and came to the league. But I could have – don't worry. He's on my bench, so mm-hmm. you'll know who I'm talking about. But, of course, Tracy McGrady got to be in that top five. You know, to be honest uh, with you, it's hard – now for me to have a favorite player because I'm kind of stubborn and stuck in my ways. But if I had to have a favorite player right now that's like in the league, I'd say Dame. That's respect. Because, uh, yeah, Dame. In the league right now? Dame I, and Kevin Durant. I those. got two people that I that are my favorite. Yeah, okay. I, I'll watch Dame and Kevin Durant. Steph Curry being number three, just because he's from North Carolina. But those are like I feel the three I'll check in and watch. In today's game, bro, like, you know, even with no matter if they're, they're newbies mm-hmm. or they've been in the league for the last seven to ten years. Mm-hmm. I mean, my favorite player is Kevin Durant. You know what I'm saying? But just over the last two years, it's got to be John Morant too, bro. See, I, I want to love Ja. I want because Ja reminds me so much of like he's like the best balance I've ever seen of like AI he's a and, and young. No, I always think he's like the perfect hybrid of like a young like AI mm. and young Dwayne Wade. 
I feel that. Like if them two like morphed, he he's basically like AI at six foot four. If AI was six four, he'd be John Morant. I mean, I, but I say Penny too though, bro, because Penny, what this dude is doing, Penny was doing too. You right? Until Penny got Penny was doing the you, same. You, you want to know what thing? You, you want to know what's scary? He ain't even done growing. Right, the man's like what 19, 20? I think it's nineteen. He, he might be 20. 20 yeah, I had to look it up, but I know not twenty. I was 20. telling people, and and people would not believe. Me. I said, "Do not sleep on him." And I don't even watch college like that. Mm. But I tell him, "Don't do not sleep on him." I don't care what you're saying about Zion. This man is gonna be rookie of the year, even if Zion stayed healthy. I feel like he still would have been rookie of the year, bro. Because look at all he was doing, bro. And at the size he was, Zion is a bigger guy. He's a more I mean, inside guy. They only like three inches apart. But I'm saying, like, Zion bigger, just like, you know, and, and I mean, the stuff that, think about this, the stuff he was doing, people expect him to do because of his size. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not comparing him to Shaq, but your, your, your weight and stuff is, is per se an inside guy weight. So they expect yeah. you to bang on the rim, on, dunk on people and stuff. Ja is a smaller guy. Yeah. I mean, he's doing the same as that thing, but more elusive, bro. Yeah. So, so power forward. Power forward. So what's crazy is I'm a I'm a my bench and my starting is kind of like interchangeable. So it's like so mine is too. So we, we thought the same thing. So <laughs> my power forward has got to be Tim Duncan. I gotta go with Tim, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was thinking about putting Tim right there, but then I said to myself, if I put Tim at power, mm-hmm. who am I gonna have as my other power forward? I want it like as equal. Like it's hard to compare someone to Charles Barkley, but I was like, I know he's gonna have size. Oh, and by the way, everybody, we're playing each other in 2K with our made up five and bench players. So we will be having a video with this. So for our friends and people, fans and whatnot, we will be posting up the video of us playing. And we used to have battles back in the day. Yeah, so this, to say, so this this will be up there. This probably one of the best battles we'll have in a long yeah, time. Yeah, Outside of, that's for another segment. It is. But, it is. You know, but okay. I'm going to leave that alone. But so who's your think football. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Football's coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then to round it out, so who's your gonna, you got to go with the most dominant, I feel like. Shaq, bro. Okay. Like, I mean, and people hate when I say this, and I don't care, mm-hmm. but the era that most of these guys played in mm-hmm. is better than the era now. You know, you like to say, people like to say, oh, they're more faster, this and this, but I'm like, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But to me, when you can step on somebody's shadow and get a call, that's that's sad See, to me, man. You, What's what's sad is I'm like, all right. So with me and your age mm-hmm. group, I feel like we're the last age group that remembers like hard ass played basketball. Like, you know, back in like let's say for example, two thousand and five mm-hmm. games used to end eighty four seventy nine. That's yeah. like a almost a halftime score. Yeah. So yeah. it's like I mean, but that's what happens when you got. The biggest guys on the team shooting threes. Everybody want to shoot threes instead of going side now because of you stepping on somebody's shadow and getting a call, bro. Well, not just that. I think, like, okay, it's influences. Like, for example, so 
let's say for Shaq. Mm-hmm. Shaq's influence would have been like sinners before him. So like Will, Kareem, Patrick Ewing, mm-hmm. those sinners is what he will mold his game to. Now, let's go to somebody like Carl Anthony Towns right now. Mm-hmm. His influence will probably be basically like Dirk Nowinski. That probably like most seven footers right now on this their that's their like go-to person, like mm-hmm. centers. They're trying to pattern their game around Dirk. But that's what I'm saying. So Tim, like because Tim was a jump shooting big man for the most part. Well he could do both, but he who, Tim Tim yeah. Duncan? Yeah. But I mean he could shoot, he could shoot, but well, he did both they, they, they call him the fundamental Mr. Fundamentals for a reason. Yeah, he could do both he equally. Could yeah. Put the ball on, on the hardwood in the blocks, yeah, and will embarrass you, bro. Yeah, but another whether like, it's dunking or shooting that hook. That's what I said. Like, Eris, it's just it's sad. Like, I wish I can go back to when I was like 14, 15, <laughs> and like <laughs> right because like it's it's not like okay, like it's not the same basketball I used to watch. Like, I I it's look not, at basketball, I just mean like the it's, it's good, bro. It's still good, but it's a different. It's a different game now. Well, yeah, because like, like I said, I work with shoot. yeah, because I work with like mostly younger people. So then they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, the basketball is better now." The back in the day, Michael Jordan was being guarded by plumbers. I'm like, no, you did not know. Like Michael was out here getting clotheslined and put on his back, and he's like, he was considered the greatest. Right then, still getting put on his back. Like, think about this. Like, y'all talking about oh, my people didn't guard Michael Jordan. I was like, there's people in the Hall of Fame known for defense that was guarding Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. I was like, you want to go look up Joe Dumars, Isaiah Thomas, Gary the Glove, Peyton, Dennis like, Robin before he came to the Bulls. Exactly. I was like, y'all sitting here. Look, Tell them to go look at the bad boy. No, because like one dude. So someone, you know how like they share Facebook posts, and mm-hmm. one person was like, these are the people who guarded LeBron. Giannis, Jimmy Butler. They was like they was comparing people from finals to finals. Mm-hmm. So they was like Giannis, Jimmy Butler. Um, they was comparing like those size people, like mm-hmm. I guess like current more athletic people who would go on LeBron, mm-hmm. Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green. He would. Then they try to compare Jordan's people that was guarding Jordan. They was like Jeff Hornacek. Which was wrong. It was Brian Russell. Then they tried to say it was definitely shrimp when he played the Sonics. It was wrong. It was Gary Payton. <laughs> like, like the yo, this is ass backwards. Yeah, and then let's not let let's keep it hot too. Like, you don't never want to like these mugs will come out here when you got a Lance Stevenson blowing in LeBron's ear. 